This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Checking in from a very special mountain peak somewhere in between Boulder, Colorado and Golden. And it's a it's a golden time right now for me. I have I'm I'm on a roller coaster in like a good kind of roller coaster, more like the awesome adventure um, type, just full of synchronicities. And one of those synchronicities being, um, I'm here with Alexander Thompson, who is en route to the Big Island of Hawaii from Asheville, from Asheville, North Carolina, which is also a dear place to my heart. Mm-hmm. And he so happens to be in the same kind of like Eagle Castle that I am. I'm looking to maybe reside here uh, for even longer than I have scheduled, which I feel very blessed about. Check out my Instagram stories if you want to see some of the views with me and the eagles and the hummingbirds. But Alexander is going to the Big Island for, it seems like similar, I'm going to judge, we have similar, we're following similar feelings in our Mm -hmm. body is my guess. And I'm so uh, stoked that you're going there. But it so also happens to be that, there's a rumor going around that you are very immersed in human design. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's part of your dharma and your passion and your duty mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, y'all, many of y'all may know, like I'm thinking of my podcast guests, like one of them being Raj Lahodi. Um, when I first met him, the very first thing he did was try to figure out my human design. Like, the <laughs> very, like right when we figured out we we're going to have a relationship and y'all should check out that relationship. And we, it so happens that I have the same as his sons, which mm-hmm. is really rare. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm going to come at this interview like I am hearing about human design for the very first time mm-hmm. because I know a lot of people out there are curious, and I know I am. And I know that I have been around people that act like this is legit and this is a map for them, and they want me to partic- participate if I want to so we can learn more about each other. And for me, I'm, I've, I've just been like kind of a sideliner with some skepticism, with some faith, with mm-hmm. some like, wow, wow, interesting. And mostly the people that of that I would judge to be of like high efficiency, like high, they're living highly effective lives. A lot of them are suspiciously interested in this. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to that pattern as well. And it seems like they're utilizing it for their own lifestyle mm-hmm. and for their businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am trusting Alexander is uh, here going to help us illuminate some more, uh, some more clarity and awareness around what this is and how it could be for our, how it can be used for our lives and other mm-hmm. people's lives and whatever else comes up. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's so good to hear that backstory there that, um, there's the interest in it and, and yes, the skepticism is so important. You know, I, myself in the early years of studying it wanted to break it almost wanted to find out you know why it could or couldn't work and it actually became I became more of a believer in you know and as a result of it so I'm glad to hear that yeah yeah I I love those stories I think one of like the most famous books a case for Christ from Lee Strobel I think he was an atheist like an investigative journalist wanting to prove it wrong and he Mm -hmm. became a Christian and it's (laughs) like that's amazing and and that story goes in so many different realms and Mm -hmm. it sounds like you can relate to that with this Mm mm-hmm and that's exciting to me. Um, well, when you said you first got into human design, mm-hmm. how long ago was that? And then what brought you there? Sure, yeah. Um, I'll give you a little bit of my background in it um, be, that led me up to it, rather. Um, 
most of my life, uh, my father is a doctor of theology, so understanding religion from many different aspects and um, had my, my, you know, wrestling match with that throughout my years. Uh, and then as I went into college, I uh, went into study of psychology because I found I had a natural gift to read and understand people and to um, sort of sort, help them to sort their own things out. So I wanted more of a scientific understanding of it. And then so after that, uh, moving on to the more of the spiritual path, came across several different uh, in-depth understandings of things that people are familiar with, you know, astrology, numerology, things of that nature. Came across gene keys, which some people have, have dabbled in a little bit as well. And when I first came across human design um, through a dear brother of mine, Jaron Kenyon, uh, he was teaching it, you know, as, as a, a basic fundamental thing to be understanding by most people. And when I first came across it, being of the skeptical, you know, scientific mind, I, yeah, went into it to see if I could find flaws in it or, you know, looking at other people's charts and see if I could find out if it actually matched up or not. And the deeper that I got into it, the more that I realized that this is, uh, in my opinion, you know, one of the most powerful systems that we have access to right now to understanding the self and and. I call it a system of ease because really the more that you understand it, uh, it's helping you to release conditioning and release ways that you think you should be doing things. And in fact, gives you a super simple blueprint of a way that's much easier for navigation and, and finding your way through through life. So, um, yeah, it was about seven years ago now that I've been. Wow, the seven year mark, man. <laughs> I, seven years yeah. is, these last seven years is seemingly a huge deal for me and many mm. other people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fascinating. And I want to also just take a, a note on the word skepticism for me or doubt when I say that. I really believe that's the other side of the coin of faith. Mm-hmm. Like when I have doubt in something, that means I'm having faith mm-hmm. uh, in the opposite. Mm-hmm. And that to me is true faith. Like the, some of the most doubtful people I know are the most faithful people mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that gets thrown out with you know, the baby in the bathwater mm-hmm. idea that this comes like, I, I just want to make sure, I don't know how you feel about that, but mm-hmm. Do you, can you relate about having doubt is a sign that you can have faith? Mm-hmm. Can you have one without the other? I think it's healthy. I think that we need skepticism um, and doubt to a degree or else we would be, you know, um, biting on every line that came through to us. And uh, just to, to stay in the context of human design with it, that actually helps us by utilizing something that's known as our authority that we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit here, that... Uh, by following this, this is usually an internal system within us. It allows us to relax into that universal knowing instead of having to be in the mind. Because skepticism, I believe, exists in the mind and it comes from a place of uh, usually the scientist's mind or the um, person who's wanting to understand more of it and that it causes them to dive into it further. So I think that skepticism and doubt are, are healthy elements that uh, breed uh, more uh, education and research and as a result could be um, changing your life as opposed to just kind of follow, following blindly so yeah that's it very much reminds me of the parallel of like judging mm-hmm. when someone says they don't judge I, I believe judging is to form an opinion and mm-hmm. a lot, it gets culturally mixed up with the word condemn yeah. so people mean when they say I don't judge I think they mean I don't condemn sure but I like even saying I don't judge is a judgment. And it's just like sometimes <laughs> right. yeah, I get yeah. caught, I get caught up in that fun mm-hmm. trampoline yeah. Yeah. of thought. Mm-hmm. Well, so seven years ago, here we go. You dive into this, and was there was there a breakthrough moment? Like was there like uh, oh my gosh, no now no longer am I not even skeptic, but I am so fascinated, and there might be some <laughs> huge truth here. Yeah, it's interesting actually. When I first started studying it. Um, 
so human design works off of your natal chart, which it is important to have your exact time of birth. And, uh, you know, many people say like, oh, it's like around 12 or something like that. And, and I'm like, well, you need to find the exact time. And I know that to be true because when I first started, I had the wrong time. I had asked my mom, you know, what was the time? She was like, oh, it was 1130 something, you know, 1136, I think is what she said. And so I put that in and it gave me a chart and most of the chart was, you know, seemed to be on point, but there was parts of it that I'm like, ah, this doesn't, this isn't really jiving with me. So uh, I had been studying it for probably six or eight months before I um, on a home for a holiday trip, went to see the family and like pulled out my birth certificate and was like, yeah, let me, let me check. And it was actually a different time. And when I put the new time in, it gave me a different chart. And that right away, um, as soon as I started reading into what that was, the new elements of it, it, it really started to click for me. And so I think that that really was my aha moment. I think I needed it to be wrong first you know, to give me that even maybe further skepticism of like, mm, this doesn't really click. This doesn't really seem like it's me. And then have that, that moment of like, well, actually here's your chart. And then it was, it was point, you know, spot on for it. And, and it has been the case with, you know, people that I've been working with for, for years that, uh, I haven't had anybody in all the lectures and classes and everything that I've done, anybody that had their actual chart, cause there was the same scenario. People had a wrong birth time and had a wrong chart. I haven't had a single person that is not like, wow, that's, that's totally me. You know, <laughs> I love it. Well, that's, that's intriguing, huh? <laughs> so here we go. We're intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. So this, and I agree about the birth. So the birth date, the timing, and we talked about those Anne Marie the other night, mm -hmm. our mutual friend about like, well, first of all, when is the time sure. of birth? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned most likely for most scenarios is the first breath. That's how mm -hmm. you understand yeah, it to be. I would think so, yeah. Because we were questioning like when their foot comes out or when like, <laughs> so because this seems to be the important moment because we're talking to the minute mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And so what happens in this minute uh, cosmically that like where, who is giving the words that when this person is born in this moment in time, sure. that this is, could be their experience. Yeah. Of how does this happen? Yeah. And it's setting up their natal charts forever and you know, anything that they would have readings on it. You know, that's a really good question. And, um, for, I'm not sure for your listeners, like people who have dove in a bit further into, um, you know, more of the esoteric aspects, things like the Akashic records, um, is a is a powerful understanding of you know sort of this light library, and there are practitioners who can read these records and, and you know can access birth times in that nature. Um, so there's that whole element of like well it could be sort of recorded in the stars if you will. Uh, another sort of element of this is if you believe in uh, you know existence between lives and soul contracts and and purposeful timing for our births and our incarnation um, you also may choose that time just as some people believe that we choose our parents as well um, so I do believe in those elements and I believe that we choose that time like so say that you were meant to be born at one time but there's some complications during the birthing process and it takes longer you know, it maybe takes an extra 20 minutes than, than the original planned time, or you started to emerge and something happened and there needed to be, uh, you know, emergency surgery or all these other things that can happen. And people say, well, well, you know, is that, is that part of, did I choose that? I believe, yes. You know, I believe that we did specifically just as with design, we needed that design in order for our path to be what it is going to be. So it would make sense that if it's calculated per the minute that we, yeah, we did choose that time, I would, I would say, in my opinion. You're a very good communicator, <laughs> and I, I really honor you for – because these are thoughts that some people would disagree in in such a visceral, 
judgmental and condemning way, I'd say. <laughs> and uh, some people will probably love it so dearly, but what to me makes it so disarming and I can stay connected to you is because you're owning this is your belief. Like, yeah. I believe mm-hmm. this. And I, I want to take note. I want to take note of that because mm-hmm. I believe I'm in the space of an expert communicator and I want other people to maybe pay attention to those sure. subtleties that can go a long way with this dance of words that we're playing right now. <laughs> so important, especially with so many, uh, you know, new t- uh, opinions and uh, ways of viewing things. I think it's vitally important for us if we wish to have, like we're having here, this um, open, advanced communication in a way of uh, new insights and new thought patterns emerging for us to be humble in that and to say well this is what I've come to through my own research and guidance and um, I also believe too that there there is no finite truth you know there is it's all relative based on our experience and in the age that we're in and what we even have access to isn't as far as knowledge goes and you know look at things that a hundred years ago people believed like this is truth even in science you know, um, and then now it's emerged to like, oh, well, that actually was completely wrong, <laughs> you know, and so thank you for, for acknowledging that. And I really hope that that is something that we as a conscious people can begin to cultivate a bit more. And it'll, I think, will help to maybe break down some barriers um, that we have where it's like your opinion and my opinion become a conflict instead of like, well, can we, you know, both discuss these things and, and also receiving, not just communicating is not just talking, but it's also being able to receive the other person as well. So, yeah, I think that's vital. Yeah, my, my golden thread on that for me is on this topic, what you so amazingly distilled is that because I don't know everything, and there has been things I've learned and it kind of changed the lens mm. for everything else <laughs> that since that's happened once and twice, then how can I not know it's going to happen again? Meaning that it seems like the closest thing that I know is I don't know if I know anything <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. Meaning that for me, everything I believe in a way is faith based. Mm. Everything mm-hmm. is faith based in a way. Mm-hmm. And that we're all channeling something all the time and everything totally. is spiritual and here we are have, living the dream of life. Mm-hmm. And I trust that we're doing it lucidly and that this, what we can learn about more of this human design, it can add to that mm. amplifica- amplification of this beautiful reality that we're in. It's amazing. Mm. And that's, and we're so blessed to be able to have that mindset of, uh, you know, I think that that unfortunately is, is somewhat of a more rare mindset these days. Uh, so many people are very locked in, in their opinion and their beliefs. And, um, so we have, you know, war and we have conflict and, and hate and, and all these other things that could potentially, you know, dissolve if we, if we were more open to receiving and hearing and, and allowing and knowing that we don't know, <laughs> right. And that the only constant is change and that the only real truth is that we, we don't know. <laughs> and, that, and the funny thing about that is that to me, when someone says something I really maybe disagree with, I, and a, a part of me, a bigger part of me, the part of me that's more than just this body mm-hmm. is like, well, exactly. Like that could be true. true. And it's maybe very true for them. It's for them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and I, maybe I'll never know, mm-hmm. but it's fun <laughs> to get the contrast. It's fun yeah, to yep. get the polarity. It's fun to get the connection mm-hmm. communicating. I love it. I love it. I love podcasts <laughs> for that. So thanks yeah, for being here again. Absolutely. All right. So. And you mentioned they, uh, it's a rare, like a rare breed or something mm-hmm. along that lines to communicate this way. And I remember last night when you were, or the other night you were talking about that there are some, there, this human design opens up the ability for people to categorize themselves into sure. different 
what are some of those categories firstly and then and then you mentioned that some have like less than one percent are in this category mm-hmm. didn't you say something about yeah, that yeah so can you tell us about that yeah that's um that's i think a good segue to kind of just dive into the system itself um there are uh, i love human design because there are there are both very general aspects that a lot of people will fall into and then there are very specific aspects that are unique to your chart and combinations all the way in between. And so um, some of the more general aspects are what you're referring to there is the type. Um, and there are four main types and a, a, a hybrid or a subtype, if you will. Um, the majority of the population, about 70% of the population, make up what's called a generator type. And within there, there are, uh, we refer to them as pure generators and manifesting generators. Um, and those types are, uh, we are the doers. We have in our system, we have what's known as a defined sacral center, uh, which yes, does you know, correlate to the sacral chakra. And this is a, a motor. Uh, it's a motor center within our body. And it's what uh, allows us to be the worker bees. You know, generators are the ones that we can work, work all day, you know, um, and take a break, eat some dinner, and we're ready to go right back at it. The other types in the design, in human design, are uh, the next largest population are projectors. They make up about 20% of the population. Uh, Projectors are here to guide. They are the ones that, just as generators are doing and we're pushing energy and projects forward, projectors are the ones that are here to help guide the generator energies. Um, Sometimes as a generator, we can get so caught up in our project or our our trajectory that we're going to be going on that we maybe don't notice uh, that we're we're repeatedly doing something inefficiently that we could be doing better. And so projectors are essential for that piece for us. Um, and, uh, and within each of these uh, types as well, there are strategies and we can talk about that in a couple of minutes, but um, the next section of the population, about 10% are known as manifestors. Uh, and this um, not to be confused with manifestation because we all are manifestors, um, uh, creators of our real reality. Um, and we have the ability to manifest. Um, but manifestors in human design uh, are tied to initiation. They are the ones that are um, design, designed to use their defined throat to spark uh, the rest of the systems. Uh, generators, uh, as we are doing, we are, we are designed to be in response in this doing, and the manifestors are typically the ones that can give us that uh, trigger to respond. Now, the other piece that you were referring to, there are the reflectors, and they make up uh, less than 1% of the population. Uh, and a, a very rare type, um, uh, but also just as essential as all the rest of the designs. Um, all of the pieces, and another reason that I love human design is that everybody has their unique purpose, but they all work perfectly together. And um, you really do need all of the designs. Like if you have a team or a project, and, and when I use this in business and consulting with um, executive teams, I look at everybody's design and say, well, you know, this could be a, a problem here. You have this this person who is as a projector type, but they're, you know, the ones that are trying to drive things the hardest, and that's simply not their design. Uh, so that's a, a bit more of the the general um, categorizations that happen in, in design type. Okay, and the very first category was again the generators. Ma- and the, how much percent of the population? About seventy percent of the population. And there's two different types of generators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So could, is there a way we could potentially um, what's entertain an archetype of someone mm-hmm. in each one of these categories? Is that something or like someone that people may know or they could relate sure, to? Sure, we can. Um, I think in describing it, um, you know, kind of the characteristics of that. I think that 
people may know either they'll be they'll be like oh that sounds like me or you know my spouse or my friend or whatever mm-hmm. it may be so um yeah happy to to dive into each of the types a little bit more and and talk about their strategies and their not self and stuff like that if that yeah yeah like what do you ha- so when you meet someone like me because we've only this is the most we've talked one-on-one for mm-hmm. sure already mm-hmm. at 19 minutes in <laughs> and we've talked in a group and sure. not to say that's the only way you get to know someone but do you have like a hunch of what category that i would potentially fall into according yeah. to my chart and um and i'll and i'll start with a disclaimer um <laughs> that uh i I tend, I did, you know, for a long time, I'd be like, oh, I can identify just based on energetic frequency or how engaged they are or the way they talk and all these other things. And you can, yeah. Um, And I've been surprised before too, uh, because uh, so many people are what we call living out of their design. They're not living in in tune with their design and they're trying to be another type. Now, this is most common with um, uh, projectors, I find, because uh, projectors are, um, they can see how things are needing to be done to maybe be more efficient or a best way to do that. And the strategy for the projector is to um, allow for an invitation. And so it's they need to be invited in to allow their, their words to be heard. And because that invitation may not arise, because as we can talk about, they're not really haven't been listening to their authority. They're not in the right place at all to begin with. So they're trying to force something to happen because they're like, well, you know, heck with these guys, they're not listening to me or nobody's inviting or whatever. So I'm just going to try and do it myself. And they, they, when in proximity of generators, they can borrow that at generate generator energy. Um, we as generators, we're putting off this, this, this sacral energy. It's like a field that emits around us and we can empower others through that energy and that frequency. Uh, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors don't have that defined sacral, but they can borrow sacral energy, and they actually become sprinters with that. Whereas as normal generators, we we are methodical and we'll continue to progress forward. The projector actually can sprint in shorter bursts. However, that can burn out that center for them. And so um, it can be uh, easier sometimes for me to meet a projector and say like, oh, I can kind of tell energetically they're not. But to back on yourself, I would... I would guess a, a generator energy type, um, uh, you know, especially because like you're, you've, you've got this project that you're pushing forward um, seemingly by yourself. Um, it doesn't seem to be wearing you out. Um, you seem like you're, you're rested and, and in our engagements, your energy is forward and, and um, that's usually a, a indicator of a generator energy type. Yep. All right. And then there's the pure generators and manifested mm-hmm. manifesting generators. Is that, yep. that right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then is, what would you have a hunch on one of those? Um, those and are a little harder to tell sometimes. Um, it's easier in kids to tell um, because uh, manifesting generators are MGs for short. Um, uh, they're both. Uh, so both generators are um, like cars that are, that are driving forward. But um, as, uh, my, my friend Jaron likes to put it, the MGs are more like a sports car. Do you know what I mean? And a pure generator is uh, more of like your your classic, uh, you know, two door sedan or something like that, where it's reliable, it's going to get there. But the sports car is like hot off the line, and they're like first to you know first out of the gate to try and get there, you know. <laughs> so I I, yeah, I believe, and I now I'm recalling maybe more, or maybe I'm just making things up. But the, my I was probably a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. And it, the sport car analogy definitely helps me <laughs> yeah. maybe understand that and remember that. And my Deanna, uh, the, my co-parent, 
she is a projector, I remember. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, the categories are pretty, sure. yep. mm-hmm. pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. how about yourself? How does this relate to you personally? And if someone's listening right now and they're like, oh, I want to find mine out real quick. Sure. Well, how do they do that? Yeah, great question. Um, there are uh, some great free resources to pull up your chart. Uh, the one that I usually send people to is humandesignamerica.com humandesignamerica.com. You'll put in your birth info there. And again, uh, um, you do have to have the exact time of birth to get an accurate chart for you. It'll ask you your location, your date, and your your time. And that'll pull up a a very basic form of the chart. Um, For those of us who uh, are deeper in it, we have some software that that you can procure as well. That's a little bit more expensive, and that'll take the chart a little bit deeper um, and talk more about, uh, you can do transitory charts where I'll put a couple together or a business group together or something like that. But for your listeners here, uh, Human Design America is a great place to start. And then for someone that wants to take it more in depth, this, I know we talked about how you started seven years ago and currently this is what you're doing. Like, what are you currently doing with this as it sounds like a business and a lifestyle? Kind sure. Of. Yeah. If I, for years it was, um, my primary focus. I was teaching, um, I was, uh, uh, traveling around giving lectures and classes, um, working with many different clients remotely and in person. Uh, and I transitioned back into my real passion, which is um, supporting entrepreneurs in, in startups and helping um, green companies and, and good faith companies get off the ground. And so now I use it more as a tool in my tool belt where it's, um, it's easy for me to pull up somebody's chart and just within you know five, 10 minutes, give them enough of a download on their own chart that's going to be transformational for them. And I use it primarily in business to where if I'm uh, consulting on a new client or um, being brought into work with an executive team, that's one of the first things I'll pull up because it's, it's like I said in the beginning, it's one system that I can really lean on to always be accurate. And it's always going to give tools to somebody. It's not just kind of um, nothing against astrology. I love astrology. I think it's a great map for people for their blueprint, but, but it doesn't always give them practical tools. It doesn't always give them sort of, uh, uh, okay, so now what? <laughs> you know, it's like an understanding, which is very important to have. But with human design, it's more of, well, here's your understanding of who you are. And here are some practical tools for you to apply this to your life or your business or whatever. So to answer your question directly, it's uh, not my primary thing anymore, but I do still do readings. I have clients that I work with. Um, I've uh, taught a lectures online, the class series. Um, that I've dialed down to a four-week class that I'll be booting up uh, once we get to Hawaii. <laughs> so if anybody's interested, we can get more information at the end. On Awesome. You can always check the show notes there, in particular on the iTunes, and leave us some show notes on the reviews. That <laughs> helps amplify this message according to the gods of the Internet known as algorithms. <laughs> so that would be much appreciated. And All right, awesome. So this is uh, – Yes, yeah, you mentioned the. I I think I had a prior question, but now this one's popping up. The, this is different than astrology. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be so many of these different opportunities for someone to get a map of sorts or a mm. blueprint of sorts, like whether it's numerology, astrology. There's. I, I bet you know a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. For the like, what is the difference in a nutshell of these different modalities? Yeah. and what would you call them? Just. What is that? Yeah, different modalities I think is fine. Um, that's a great question. That actually that comes up quite frequently. And uh, like in a class, I'll be like, well, how's it different in astrology? So human design, and this will also give you a little bit of the background of the system itself. Human design is a merging of uh, 
some ancient systems and understandings that we have, such as astrology, uh, numerology. It also incorporates the I Ching, hexagrams of the I Ching. Um, it incorporates the um, paths of life through the uh, Kabbalistic tree of life. And so it takes uh, some of these older understandings that we have and it merges it with now what we understand through um, more of more quantum science. So for example, um, we understand neutrino fields now, which gives us a, uh, a measurable particle that is coming from emitting from stars and on its way to us passes through major astral bodies. And when it passes through those bodies, it sort of gains the flavor of those bodies, if you will. I'm doing the air quotes <laughs> for those that are listening. Uh, and this is a scientific explanation of why astrology works. And so it's it's not just the reading of, you know, the stars and, and their potential influence, but now we have a measurable frequency that tells us that it's influencing us. So the way that it differs there, I like to refer to astrology as sort of our roadmap. I think it's very important for people to understand uh, their astrology, and there are different forms of astrology. You know, most people are familiar with tropical astrology, which is uh, Western. Um, there's also Vedic, um, and there's a, a form called sidereal, sidereal astrology, uh, which calculates it based on the 13 signs of the zodiac and the different sizes there, and the, calculates for the wobble of the earth and other things of that nature. Now, within all of those, um, they all have their purpose, and they're all very strong, and, and I do adhere to a lot of their um, teachings. However, as I said before, it gives you that map, but it doesn't necessarily tell you how to drive. You know, if you're trying to, to use this map to move forward on your life um, and you don't know how to, you know, either read it yourself or you don't have any practical tools for navigation for that, like you don't have a compass or anything like that, you're just kind of meandering. Like you have a map and that's great, but how do we apply it? You know, human design is in that same sort of analogy we're creating there. You have your map of astrology. Human design is your car or your vehicle that you're driving. Each of us has a unique vehicle that drives in a different way. And so learning how to best drive your car, most efficiently drive your specific vehicle, now you have practical application. Now you have something you can measure. Um, for, for an example, uh, with generators, they're designed to follow their sacral authority primarily. And so we can say, listen to your gut. Like, what is your gut saying here? And that is something that you can strengthen as you listen to it. It's something that you can get a yes or a no from it's also something you have the ability to deny if you choose you have free will but unlike astrology um this is something that we can put into play and practice every day and we can get a response from our body and our system on it but yeah the different modalities i think are important for people to understand and it creates more of a holistic understanding of ourselves and and the way we navigate i think that's really important thank you and why do you think like that astrology somehow in maybe there's if you want to expound upon the difference but like between astrology an astrology chart and a psychic mm -hmm. and human design and how these things are quite taboo for a per people coming from certain contexts especially mm -hmm. religious contexts sure. um, and I'm not sure if it's like a biblical thing in the Bible to not partake taken psychics but mm. maybe it, maybe there's some flavor of that mm -hmm. and yeah I'm curious of your thoughts about sure. all that yeah I think that um, in part of that too I don't you know want to go down the rabbit hole of you know control but you know we we do some of us are aware of um, some people that would prefer that we stayed in a sleeping state just to keep it simple 
Um, and so these systems, everything you mentioned there, astrology, um, working with, with psychics, human design, these are all freeing pieces. They free the mind. And they begin to get us into more of a critically thinking state of where we decide, or more of a free thinking state, if you will, where we, who, those, of who, those of us who are pursuing it, we decide to say, like, well, you know, I feel that everything that I've been fed kind of my whole life, something doesn't really add up. You know, I feel like there's more here. I think there's more than than just, you know, what I've been learning in these school books and, and kind of have had uh, forced upon me by society, parents, you know, religious teachers, whatever it may be. And I think that when people start to pursue these and they see that there are, are alternative ways of viewing ourselves, our, our circumstances, our, our reality even, that you start to step out of the mold a bit more, you know, and that can be, you know, that can be a challenge for if somebody would like to maintain control over the mass people, then, you know, you don't want a bunch of free thinking people out there. So I think that that, that may be part of it. And, and it's easy to um, control people when they're in fear. So creating fear of these things, um, uh, you know, making them taboo, as you said, to say like, oh, well, you know, you're, especially just to, to stay in, in, you know, the religious context, for example, if you're, it's the devil's work or something like that would, would scare people away from, from pursuing those types of things, you know, and, and not to say either that, that every, you know, all psychics are benevolent or anything like that. However, you know, some of these things like astrology and human design, I would prefer to let people sample them and decide for themselves, you know, um, just as I even say, as you, you know, commended before, don't take my word for it, you know, <laughs> try it and see how it, ref, you know, reverberates in your body or doesn't and go off of that. Not what I'm saying, not what your parents are saying or your preacher is saying, but think for yourself and, and try it and see if it's something that, that works for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, what that brings up for me is also <laughs> gra and beyond gratitude is like, how is this impacted your life most relevantly, most currently? Mm -hmm. And what, is there something you're most excited about with mm. like, like, oh my goodness, this is so on track or sure. I'm not sure if that's bringing anything up, but I'd love to hear more from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely has had a profound, I would say one of the most profound effects, uh, understanding design. It has given me tools. It has opened doors for me. It has, um, allowed me to really live in my purpose, which is to teach, um, is to, to help others on this path of, of awakening and remembering as I refer to it. Um, so it, you know, I, I would say that human design has had one of the biggest impacts of, of all the systems that I've studied or, um, you know, books that I've read or teachers that I've learned from. And so I, I can't stress enough that people should, um, you know, at least going like I, that website I said, Human Design America. You can go on there, and there you can get a sort of generalized chart reading on there too, um, fairly affordably, I believe. Um, so I think that that is vital uh, for many people. And to take it one step further, I think that um, for me, my next push with this, aside from business and helping you know green companies to really be as efficient and and um, impactful as they can, is to bring this to children. Um, when I lived in upstate New York, uh, before I, I moved down to Asheville, um, we had created a program to teach human design for kids. And I think that that is kind of the next evolution of this. I know that there are other teachers out there that are seeing the importance of that. And the real, the interesting thing is that 
when kids hear this, when they hear about their design, they they get it right away. They click with it right away, and and actually already will ask you know questions that like oh well so that must be why I do this. And it's like, well, yeah, that's exactly why you do that. That's very intuitive of you. Um, and the program actually became more of kind of teaching parents like how to raise a projector child, for example, or how to how to raise an MG kid, you know, and, and what they need that's different than, than other people and what they're being told that their children need. So this, this kind of goes back to that place of, yes, for me, it has been a huge part of my awakening process, remembering process, but it also has brought such reward in watching it be so profound for so many people. And, um, especially after, you know, we would give big talks and in front of huge crowds of people and, and to have people come up afterward and be like, this is the first time I've heard this, but this is, I feel it in my body. It feels so good and so true for me. And, you know, would you be willing to look at my chart and, and all of these other, you know, uh, profound revelations that are coming to people through this system that's why i i place so much uh faith and trust and and it really is a, a real cornerstone in my tool belt of of things that i present to people yeah mm-hmm. wow wow well a quick question have you heard of this app called the pattern someone like invited me to this and it got my birth date and all these information and i was wondering if it was creating something based on them using human design charts. Maybe. I, I haven't heard of it. I'd be interested to check it out, though. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's what they were doing, but that was one real quick question. And I also asked that because I have a Breaking Normal app, and the idea is like to put groups of t- people together no bigger than uh, a certain number, say 100. Mm-hmm. And that group changes uh, weekly. Mm-hmm. And I was always considering, like, the big question around that was, like, well, what's the, how are you choosing who goes in what group? Like, mm-hmm. what would be the, the algorithm? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that this human design mm. algorithm could be something to consider f- to connect groups of people as b- best as possible. And you're saying that yeah. with the business realm, even with executives and as such. Mm-hmm. What is an ideal formation of a group? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I, I love that, that there are um, people that are that are really seeking to, to match people up that way. I've had that idea for a while of... Uh, to answer your question and, you know, kind of move this idea forward is um, there are like, for example, there's some Facebook groups that are human design centered and they uh, like there's a group for projectors and a group for, you know, just for generators and general human design and stuff like that uh, where they can uh, design types can, can learn from one another because that's, I think a big part of this as well is they say it's about uh, seven years to break the conditioning that you've you've built in your body, and part of that has to do with you know cell regeneration and, and replacing cells, and takes about in about every seven years you're a new person, so to say, you know, um, on a cellular level. And so, I think that it is so important for people to uh, not only pursue their own design and understanding all the depths of that, but then to link up with other people who are pursuing the same things. And uh, general learning groups, like the ones that, that I and my partners have hosted, but also type-specific groups that are hosted by that type, somebody who is a master of that type. You know, um, I, I can... Uh, coach projectors all day and you know we uh, joke sometimes too because I think I attract even though projectors are about 20% of the population I think I attract more projectors than anybody else because I, they are the ones that are guiding us and so I think it's it's important it's important for everybody to know their design but projectors uh, especially because they in turn uh, have an easier time sometimes of helping others to understand their design as a teacher and so 
uh, in the idea of bringing these groups together, yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, please anybody reach out that has interest in that or, you know, wants to forward that. I'd love to contribute and, and put those things together. But I think that, um, yeah, the, the idea of, of us creating groups on that is, is so important. And then to your second part of your question there, as far as business, um, it depends on the business and, um, it depends on, uh, the channels within design. So if you, if anybody here is looking at their design chart while they're listening to this here, um, you'll see the, the colored blocks that are in the, in the design chart. Those are your centers. And between those blocks, some of them have a line that runs between them. This is called a channel. And these channels are really what give the unique flavor to your specific design. And so if I'm looking at a, an executive group or a team, I'm looking, yes, at types to make sure that everybody's really in a, a role that, that fulfills their type and is not going to be taxing themselves. But then I look further into their channels and their gates to say, like, um, for example, we have, you know, the channel of, of sales. Um, and you should have somebody in that role who has that channel. And hopefully they have a defined throat as well, which allows them to, to uh, speak based on their authority, like right in the moment and to lead that. So ideally your, your head of sales should be an MG that has the channel of sales, for an example. And so, yeah, there are um, best fit roles. There are best fit functions as well within those roles. And um, we can really, um, if we can inter- uh implement this into business, I think that we can really have a new uh, evolution of the way that business is done and uh, the way that we work with one another and in those groups. Yeah. Well, this is pretty relevant for one of the my offshoots of my business adventures, mostly based on like if I wouldn't like I want I want to be paid I would want to pay to do what I'm getting paid to do mm-hmm. and that inevitably led me to these hosting these retreats mm-hmm. and the current iteration of the company is called International Tribe Design cool and the idea is to design the the be- the strongest tribe as fast as possible mm-hmm. so like how to connect these people the best and we aim to be at the best place in the in the world at the best time to be there like almost catching this mm. hot the, the hot season the hot spot yeah, yeah and um the big island we've done we've done one january not this recent one but the one before mm-hmm. and uh so this has come up like wow these tribal archetypes seem mm-hmm. to arise mm-hmm. and it's and we were questioning what's the number we really like the number of 50 people for like three nights 50 seems to be like a good number. So if we're going to, for our next tribe design, and we're going to have a three night retreat, let's say, let's say it's in Colorado. Let's say it's right here somehow with 50 people. (laughs) And the, you know, knowing the idea is like, we want to make this group as connected as strong as possible. And like the most beautiful, blessed, graceful way possible. Would there be an ideal number of manifesting generators versus projectors versus like is is there a way to build a retreat around that and what would you say like from your gut response Mm -hmm. what would be like a potential ideal scenario sure yeah that's that's a really great idea and uh you know happy to help contribute to that too (laughs) keep me in mind as you're putting that together um yeah i'd say that you know as the breakdown in the population is you know what i mean you're trying to put those pieces together as far as numbers I would say a better angle to take would be roles and like who is handling which pieces and and who you know maybe is responsible for doing certain aspects of it you know with with putting the whole thing together and and um 
you know, driving it forward and leading it, you're mostly wanting, you know, uh, generators and manifesting generators because they're getting, they're pushing that life force energy into it. However, it's essential that you have projectors there that are aware of their design that they can help to guide the whole project. And then you need to have manifestors in there. Um, and the ratios being, you know, let's look at out of 100. So maybe, you know, your council of 10 that's helping to lead and put it together. You want six or seven generators, manifesting generators. You want to have, you know, two to three projectors. You want to have at least one, maybe, maybe two manifestors in there. And if you can, find a reflector as well. Your projectors, like I said, are going to help to guide the generator energy. So they're not all because they can either conflict with each other or they're just going off in every direction. The projector kind of can help to keep that on the straight and narrow, but they need to be invited. And so it's important that everybody understands each other's designs. The manifester there is is helping to um, spark those things. And as you move on a trajectory based on their authority, they'll know, okay, it's time for us to switch now and go this direction with that. You know, and all of the generators, sacrals will respond and they'll get a yes from it as a group. And they'll say like, yeah, it feels good. And they'll turn the projectors and be like, how do you, what do you feel about this? What do you think? And they're like, yeah, I think we should go that direction, but let's make sure we do A, B, and C on this direction. You're already building this like beautiful synergy that's happened there. And the reflector is a vital piece because they are the ones that are telling you without even words most of the time, they're telling you how it's going. Because everybody is all caught up in the doing, this, if they're the generators, the doing, the projectors are observing it, manifestors are kind of doing their own thing. The reflectors are, are in that state of just pure reflection of actually how it's going. And so if they're sitting over there, they're stressing the, the crap out of their mind, you know what I mean? That You can tell that the group's not doing well. Or if they're you know involved, they feel good, they seem bright, the group is doing really well. And so uh, reflectors, we, we see you out there and, and you're valued. <laughs> you know, we want you to be part of the group too, you know. And um, so, yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, out of your, if you have like a council kind of putting it together, keeping those ratios are important. Um, and you, you, you can't, you know, no design can do all of it. And that's the beautiful thing about design. We're, we're built to work together. Yeah, that's, that was pretty illuminating. I, mean, I definitely had like flashbacks of all kinds of groups I've worked with yeah, as right. you were expressing that. Yeah. Oh. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we include? I usually do the podcast between uh, 44 minutes and an hour and 11 minutes. So we are in the window cool. of saying yeah. to be continued. Yeah. And definitely. I would love to hear anything that's on your heart. Sure. Yeah, I think that um, uh, just in human design sense uh, – love your design uh you're you are perfect and you're beautiful and um you came in exactly the way you're meant to and so um sometimes people will pull up their design and they were like oh i'm i'm this or i have this element or whatever no 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 like please keep the perspective of knowing that you chose to come in exactly the way you came in because you have a specific purpose here and you're here to do something that only your design can do only you as an individual can do that and that um that is one message that i i try to instill in in um i love working with kids and um helping them uh to see their own you know unique beautiful nature i think that our society is so caught up in looks and we're caught up in um you know who's doing the best or who's accomplishing whatever and and that causes such um damage especially to children and so um, i urge and encourage all of you here that have children or interact with children the next time that you're complimenting them compliment them on um maybe their intelligence or they're they're really good at art or um you know really good question you ask really good questions you know that you know how impactful that is for a child oh my goodness and they are such malleable minds so i would say that <clears throat> the same with yourself and your own inner child is you know as you're looking at your design and 
um, starting to learn about yourself, realize that it's, it's perfect and it's, it's beautiful and it's purposeful. Um, so I would say that, uh, you know, on the last piece on human design there is, is go get your chart. You know, even if you do that, the kind of basic thing on the, the site there to get a general understanding, um, you know, reach out to myself if, if you or other practitioners, if you have questions on it, find those Facebook groups and educate yourself on this because it's it, it really is one of the most profound tools that we have access to right now. Um, and then from there, you know, in this time where where everybody is uh, really in a state of kind of chaos and confusion and fear. And um, I just, you know, want to take this second here to to make sure that you are still loving yourself and loving each other. And this um, kind of social distancing thing is creating a very real fear in our collective consciousness of one another. And we have fear of touch now. And um, it is so vital. So please, so vital to remember that um, this is all, whatever you want to believe, this is all part of the bigger plan for all of us. We came, we chose to come into this incarnation. We chose to be here in this lifetime and we chose to be here during this exact time that we're going through. So be conscious of where your thoughts are going. Be conscious of where your emotions are going. Be careful with what you're intaking into your body. And this doesn't just mean your food and your, and your, your drink. What media are you intaking? Where, who are you listening to? Staying connected to, to podcasts like this where it's going to continue to expand your mind and, and enlighten you is so vital in this time. Please do not just take everything that's being fed through major media sources as, as truth as we talked about in the beginning of this. You know, Listen to yourself. Listen to your intuition. You are so smart. You are so tapped in. Your body knows. It knows. And human design is an example of that. It doesn't, it doesn't make decisions from the mind. We make decisions from our authority, which is our body, which always knows. This is why kinesiology is a, is a branch of science because the body knows and muscle testing is real. And so in this time, remember to stay in um, you know, a place of love and stay in a place of um, listening to your intuitions and what's coming up for you. And don't let fear uh, rule your mind because it will cause more sickness. Um, and reach out. You're not alone. Um, the one of the, the slogans that's being created that we're all in this together. Yeah, you're right. We are all in this together. Um, and many people are waking up to what we actually are in together. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That there, that, that brought so much home in so many ways to me. Um, especially you know, I was having flashbacks of retreats when things got really intense. Like I know who I would go to in yeah. that group. Mm -hmm. And then when this happened, I knew how to go to, mm -hmm. and I, I did. I went home to mm -hmm. my family, mm -hmm. and I paid attention to what was going on in my body, following mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. Like that's been like a huge theme in my life actually ever since uh, the new like my transition of the or my the way I was married before and transitioning into a new season of a relationship that's so different than I ever thought it would be, mm -hmm. and so humbling and so beautiful. What am I doing? I'm following my body basically. Mm -hmm. I got to. What else? <laughs> what else yeah. could I do? And the, yeah. when I do that, it's pretty. It, yeah, it leads me to the right sources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely can echo what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. man, if someone's feeling lost, don't just go to <laughs> what's available. There's like, mm -hmm. go to what your body wants instead. Because yeah. there's a lot of wookie wookie wacky stuff out <laughs> there that's like highly available, like yeah. suspiciously available. Oh yeah. Yeah, and reach out. You know, you have uh, availability of people like, 
you know, like yourself and me, and, um, and we're happy to turn you on to others that, you know, you resonate with, and you're not alone in this, and uh, we are here to support and love one another, so to reach out and, and love your neighbor. Don't, don't you know, tattle on your neighbor or something if they, if they need help or they're struggling or whatever. Be that source of light. You know, you have the you have the ability every day to change somebody's life. Yeah, and I echo that as well. Like, reach Daniel at BreakingNormal.com or Instagram message me. Mm-hmm. I'll probably respond. I'm, I'm excited. I love, I love when people reach out. Most yeah. time when people reach out through here, it's usually awesome. So mm-hmm. thank everyone that has. A lot of y'all are in my life now, mm-hmm. and I'm happy you're in my life. And yeah, I, for sure. Man, we got to all celebrate on the Big Island maybe one day soon. Ah, that place, yeah. that place. Yes. Oh, my man. goodness. Call Powerful me, places. Call me back home. There's some work to be done there. Yeah, you seem like you might f- resonate with, I mean, Asheville, mm-hmm. upstate New York, mm-hmm. Big Island of Hawaii. Have you had many other residents? <laughs> like, because those are all spots that I would say are extremely yeah. special. Um, yeah, the other the other uh, part of the country that I really resonated with is um, like Marin County, like oh, north, yeah. north of oh, San Fran. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to the redwoods there. Yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's places that'll that'll call you when you when you start to start to answer those calls. The universe is is conspiring for your greatest good, I believe, and uh, it's always speaking to you if you just listen. You know, take away the noise, put put down the phone for a while and, and try breathing and, and go walk barefoot in nature. Some sounds like some some hippie stuff, you know, but there's a reason for it. I mean, it, you are connected to this planet and she's talking to you. And so is the the outer universe as well. So if you just listen, just take a breath and listen. <laughs> yeah, the redwoods help that. The red, yeah. That's one of the yeah, quietest, yeah. like they they their antennas. They're like, oh, totally. th- are those redwoods? Real quickly, aren't they? Am I understanding this correctly? The largest living beings on Earth. I believe so. And, and if you've ever seen them, I mean, they yeah. are daunting. Like some of those trees, you're like, what? Mm. You've been seeing all these other trees your whole life, traveling <laughs> wherever you're gonna go, and then you go there and they're these like fifty foot wide trees, and you're like, this is this is real. It feels so ancient there, and yeah, you're their antennas for. For uh, you know, Pachamama here for Mother Earth, and she's talking to us too. You know, during this time, that's that's an interesting space that we're in, and uh, I feel the big shift is is already happening and is imminent for us. So, um, reach out. Uh, you can also, if anybody wants to reach out to me, you know, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, uh, my slash is Alexander dot R dot Thompson T H O M S O N, and. Uh, yeah, likewise, uh, always happy to, to answer questions and, and help to be that light as much as we can. I think that's what we're here to do. So, Yeah, I think that's – I just think – I reiterate, like triage your intake mm. right now. Yeah. Like triage it, especially – and I mean that especially with media. Because mm. I have so many friends – like maybe – how much more valuable for me to reach out to – like if I had nothing to do and I was tempted to watch the news mm-hmm. – how much more valuable to reach out? Like, who would I want to get news from? Mm. And I have this like five thousand people on Facebook. Like, well, who would? What does my body say? What's the? Who do yeah. I want my news from today? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can ask them to chat for eleven minutes mm-hmm. instead of sitting there in front of whatever the, mm-hmm. the franticness of the day is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ask them. Ask you know your sources. Think about critically and think like what what's to be gained here. You know, is is a good question to ask. You know, when uh, somebody like uh, ourselves here, uh, I'm really just in this to, to help as much as I can and to spread that light. And I I really enjoy seeing people uh, light up and, and find their passion and their purpose and stuff. And, um, yeah, ask yourself that, too. Yeah, if, you're, if you're following people or, you know, are they selling you something or are they, 
you know, is there a potential that they're getting paid to say something too, you know? Um, so ways to be critical about it. <laughs> uh, and fi finally on that note, I was thinking, um, your, your human design, is that how you would ask someone like, what's your human design? <laughs> is that the question? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I look forward to the day when they know right away. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your human design is uh, once you get into it, 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 it it's a culture and, and once people get into it, they really attract other people and it's so fun to, to connect with somebody be like, what's your human design? They're like, Oh man, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a one, four generator. And it is, <laughs> you know, they get right into it. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Is that something you want to share what yours is or is that something? Yeah, I am a one, four generator. Okay. That, yeah. Oh. So the investigating opportunist, which is, you know, part of why it's so interesting for me to understand these systems. And, uh, I have an open, uh, head center, uh, which allows me to see these massive systems uh, and not get overwhelmed by them, you know, and it also allows me to be more intuitive with people's thoughts. And I have an open emotional solar plexus, which allows me to feel people's emotions more readily and things of that nature. So I'm kind of the, as everybody is, perfectly designed to be doing exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for that reminder. And yeah. man, keep breaking normal, y'all. Looking forward <laughs> to the next one. Yeah. Thank you all. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.